Hey, hey, Cassandra, we're uh, we're about to record. You should sit down. Norman. Yes. What do your elf eyes see? Uh, um, our our mics. No, no, you're supposed to say they're taking the podcast to Isengard. We we've 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 been there all, several times yeah, but already. No, like for reals this time. <laughs> what do you, what do you what do you mean for reals this time? Well, you know the trees and the orcs and the 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 wizard and we're we're taking the podcast. To Isengard. Will there be stupid fat hobbits? Yes. Okay, I'm in. Oh, okay. That was easy. <laughs> I was. I had this whole sales pitch that you know there's potatoes, and you, you know, gotta boil them, <laughs> mash them, <laughs> stick them in a stew. There, there were also gonna be you know some crunchable horses. Um. We're back. <laughs> With season two, our yes. continuing coverage of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. This time we're talking about Two Towers. Join us on Dueling Genre every Monday through Friday to talk about Lord of the Rings one minute at a time. We're from Lord of the Rings Minute. Leave now and And never come back. No, please come back. (laughs) Dueling Genre. The mic's definitely still going to pick that up. Just apologize to the guests and or to the listeners and be like, hey guys, like, there's the helicopter in the background, and I'm not sure if you can hear it or not. Either way, it's annoying the crap out of us. <laughs> right? I can try to, like, be quiet whenever it gets super loud so that we can cut all that out, but either way, it's going to be such a ridiculous pain. But it's fine. That's what we do for our listeners, I suppose. It is very noisy today. Maybe it's because it's earlier than we usually record. We're not used to it. We're like, what the? Picking up all the all the other sounds. So yes, I apologize, everyone, if you can hear that helicopter. It seems to be flying in circles above our recording studio. Uh, and so it keeps coming around. That's being nice. They don't know. I mean, we can addition those. They know what's up. We, we solemnly swear we're up to no good. It's overanalyzing the Harry Potter movies one magical minute at a time. I'm Gary Roby. I'm Trey Cope. And today we're talking about minute 147 of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Uh, minute 147 starts with good enunciation. And it ends with a scramble. Harry's uh, trying so hard to get up on top of Salazar Slytherin's head. So hard. Uh, he does have a giant snake after him, so... That would make it difficult. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to jump to the end of this, but yeah, I do. I'm just going to always do this. Uh, All of this stuff, um, because this is, again, remember, this is a practical set. So, this is Dan Radcliffe actually standing on a giant statue of Salazar Slytherin's head and waving a a sword at 
like a prop basilisk. It's pretty hardcore. Apparently, this was very, very difficult to film. Uh, actually, I don't remember specifics, but I think, I think that Chris Columbus in the commentary track says that Dan like got hurt doing this. Like it wasn't like hurt, like a bad hurt, like he broke his leg or something, but like that, like he just, like he f he fell. He has all sorts of like harnesses on him to help him get up the thing, but he's doing the stunt. Like this is him. Which is cool. It's not like we have not Harry swinging the sword here. Right. Like we had not Ron on the, uh, on the, on <laughs> the, on the, not Ron. Yeah. On the, um, night last year. I would think the way the basilisk is just going at the stone like that would hurt its face. Yeah. He, uh, this <laughs> so, okay. So we should, so the beginning of the minute, um, we get the end of what, Tom was saying yesterday, Tom was saying that Voldemort will return and he will be very much alive. And like, it's just, I hate this helicopter. Uh, <laughs> it, it's just, it's very direct. Uh, I, I wrote it all caps, like a period between each word, very much alive. That sounds to me like... Like, he'd be flesh and blood. Like, you could cut him and he would bleed. Like, yeah, he's, like, al alive again. Very much alive. Very much alive. Um, so, yeah. Like, right now, he might... Like I was saying a little bit yesterday, like, he's still a little bit of... Um, he's still a little incor incorporeal. Do you think he's warm to the touch? Oh. I don't think so. Yet. Not yet. Not yet. This is what he's doing. That's what he's really doing. He's warming his body up. He's toasting himself with Ginny. Right? He's like, I need your body warmth. She's getting cold. She's ice cold. Like, but I'm not. I feel great. 98.6. <laughs> Got the thermometer sticking out of his mouth. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm almost done. Almost done. Wait, that, that, <laughs> that oven timer <laughs> to go off. Ding. I'm a real boy. Just everything. <laughs> Just everything. Oh, so much noise. I'm really sorry about this minute, y'all. They, You probably can't hear any of it, and we just sound like crazy people. Uh, yeah. When the when that helicopter gets real close, you can that'll definitely pick up. The rest of it, probably. No, actually, I, I can guarantee that the neighbor upstairs you can, can be heard, too. Yeah. Yeah. I tend to try and not talk during those moments so that I can clear that out because that'll that'll pick up even more because that's just like sound in the room, you know. Yeah. So he does he is it right when he finishes saying "very much alive" that the basilisk bursts out of the water? Very much alive, and then Harry like nudges Ginny like to wake her up, like Ginny, and then the basilisk comes like just blasting out of the water straight up, like. Harry walks across this puddle and it's like ankle deep, but this thing, the whole body just like free willy, like yeah, the sounds it makes is horrifying. A bit shriek. This is it shrieking. Does, it shrieks. This thing shrieks. It's a shrieking eel. Where's Jonathan Carlyle? They they he attacks at it right. He like waves his sword. He okay. We actually were not even there yet. The, the basilisk comes out of the water 
and and then Harry sees something glimmering in the sorting hat. How do you like this effect? This is very this is so Merlin. Like <laughs> just everything about this moment. You've got the hat on the ground and there's just like this brilliant kind of sparkling like coming from nothing as the sword materializes. And then the sword is so like gaudy and ostentatious. It's like super bright polished silver with like red inlaid stones and like the design on the hilt is like really elaborate and kind of floral. Yeah. Like this is this is like a ceremonial sword. Yeah, like not like an actual like This a is sword not a sword you would use to fight. Looks like definitely for show. I love, on the one hand, I love that Godric Gryffindor's sword is, like, ridiculously over the top. Yeah, definitely. It's so... I mean, we don't know it's his sword yet, but I love that this sword that just materialized in the hat. This is, like, this is Arthurian. Like, I, like... Even saying the effect is, like, very Merlin-esque, like, all of this is super, like, it's not Sword in the Stone, but Harry was, like, chosen by the sword, like. Right, it showed up for him. Because he's a true Gryffindor. But, like, the sword is super, super gaudy, and part of me wishes it was, like, not. Like, I kind of, I think I kind of, like... I want, like, the true Gryffindor to be more, like, humble and rustic than that. This is showy. This is really showy. And I don't know if it lines up with, like, my views of who I thought Godric Gryffindor was. If that makes sense. It does. I think that... I think that it's it's also, like, the, the thing I want from Godric Gryffindor's sword... This is, I mean, it's a magic sword, so I guess you want to make it look, like, it's all, that's how we have to present it, right? But, I kind of want the, like, Last Crusade, like, the Cup of Christ thing, like, the guy, the one guy, Donovan, goes and picks up, like, the most gaudy, like, the golden chalice that's, like, and it's just, no, it's just a, it's just a wooden cup. He was a carpenter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I want this to just be, like, an iron sword. Just plain. Just like the kind of weapon that like 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 a knight would have wielded into battle. Yeah. No, I get it. This looks more like the sword that you would see at like someone who's like attending the king or something. Yeah. Like, more of a of a for show formal Yeah, this feels formal. This doesn't seem like this doesn't look like the sword that you would fight with. No. But I don't know. I like it. I like how it. I like how it appears from thin. Well, it's not from thin air. It appears from the hat, sort of. Right. Yeah. I mean, like the, the blade of it is is in the hat. What or... does it feel like for the hat? Can can the sword only appear in the hat? Is that its only way of like materializing somewhere else without being taken out of the room it, physically? There's like two stipulations here, right? Like one, you have to be a true Gryffindor, and two, you need to have great need. Because it's not like, it's not, it's not like the hat gets put on some kid's head 
And then when you pull out the sword, like... All of a sudden the kid goes, ow! <laughs> Take the hat off and the sword falls to the cl- clash of the ground. Yeah. Are there any, like, true descendants of Gryffindor? I suppose not that we know of. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think it's ever mentioned. I think that... You saw that trailer... Wasn't there that trailer for that fan-made Voldemort yeah. thing? I think that they did, like... I think they did a descendant of Gryffindor for their story, and it was a McLagan. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know if it was supposed to be Cormac's, like, mother or grandmother or something. Yeah. But they made her look fierce. It was cool. Uh, I think I only saw the teaser trailer thing that they did. I don't know if they ever actually, like, released a actual... Like a little film. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, So, so we have this sword. And Harry, Harry pulls this sword out of the out of the hat, and runs away from the basilisk. <laughs> he wants to get like Harry's climbing this thing because he wants to be like eye level with the snake. Is that like I can't? Is he? Is that what I don't know why? I don't know why he could just like run down another one of these tunnels. I suppose. I guess it's better to have like, uh, the the higher ground. <laughs> yeah, I have the higher ground. Yeah, the bat, the basilisk. Harry starts climbing up the thing. Like this is a bad position. He's put himself in a spot, you know. And the basilisk, <laughs> the basilisk gets close to Harry, and Harry starts just waving the sword, just like willy nilly in front, just back and like. He, I mean, the basilisk's head's pretty big. But right. like, I feel like this Compared sword would just, I feel like this sword would just like, it'd be like paper cuts on its snout. <laughs> well, no, you had a paper cut on your nostril, though. I mean, probably... it would suck. That would suck. It would suck, but I don't think that this, this, it doesn't feel like this is the way to defeat the basilisk. No. Can you stab it? Like, do knights kill dragons with swords? That's always the depiction. Sword and like a shield. It's really, I mean, you have. It's because you get really. You got to get in close. You got to get in close, and it's always like the underbelly. Yeah, that's the thing. So, so this is this is what Harry should do. Is he should rush the basilisk, and just like cut it its torso, like at torso, cut it the length of it. Is it called torso? For a snake. It's all torso. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, just gut that thing. Right, just like slip, step, step, step. Yeah. Like, I think that would be more effective than this. But they're doing the, like... We'll talk about it more tomorrow, I suppose. Well, that's the other thing, is, like, grabbing it with, like, both hands and, like, shoving it down its, like, head. Yeah! Getting on its back. Yeah, that kind of thing. Maybe Harry's gonna try and jump on the basilisk the way he jumped on the on the, on the, on the, on the troll. Right, this works for me. Yeah! I'm gonna shove it up its nose! <laughs> He's gonna shove the sword up its nose. <laughs> Oh no, that would that would time. suck too. Yeah, it would. Oh, that would be a bad way to go. I mean, so they're doing the like, they're doing like the Ray Harryhausen thing, right? Like, the guy against the big, pro- uh, I was gonna say prosthetic, <laughs> the big practical effect monster. Right. Like they built this giant snake, and and we'll see more. Like, I mean, we see it lunging at Harry today, and it's part part of it is like special effect. But part of it is, like, they actually... Like, when Harry's swinging the sword at something, he's actually swinging the sword at the basilisk. Yeah. Like, there's, like, a thi- like a physical thing there in front of him. And, um... I don't know. It feels like old-school movie-making. In a, in, a, in, a, in a sort of way. 
No, I understand. Like, I think that's monster myth, thing. like Greek myth stories and things. I think it's cool. I love uh, practical effects over anything. Yeah. Especially if done well. I think this is pretty good. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. There's like a couple of shots tomorrow that I'm like, oh, like, that looks really silly. There's no movement in the body, really. It's just, it's very stiff. But we'll, we'll get there. How do you feel about, like, you were saying, we were saying at the, be- at the beginning of this recording that it lunging at Harry on this um, tower like this, or on the, on the statue like this, seems like it'd be really painful for the basilisk. Right, because it's just like running. It's smashing its face straight into like rock, and it's and it's breaking the rock. Yeah, like it's it's hitting hitting it hard. hard. Yeah, (laughs) it's equivalent of like bashing your skull against the wall. Like just, like enough to like break the wall. It's rough. It keeps going. It's mad. (laughs) Tom told it to eat, so no, I don't know. What did Tom say to the basilisk? Like. Chase that child. Kill that kid. Kill that kid. But he said it in parcel tongue. <laughs> I, can you say it, like, super whispery? Right? It's only between, like... I don't know. Can Kill that kid. And whatever that translates to in snake language. I don't know. Snake language. Snake language. There's Sneeple. Sneeple. So, yeah. Harry's, Harry's under attack from the basilisk. And he's trying to climb the statue of Salazar Slytherin's head. He's in a bad spot. He is. How do you how do you feel like how do you feel about Harry facing the basilisk with a sword? Like this feels like I said it earlier, but I'm gonna keep saying like this is the most like medieval fantasy you can get in Harry Potter. Like, because he's not, he's not using his wand. He's like the knight. He's the great defender. Of, of, yeah, of Hogwarts right now. Yeah. Um, he has, he has the sword in hand and he's going to kill the monster in the chamber that's been plaguing the school since its inception. It's just... Harry just, like, stumbles into it. Like. It's like, here I am. You could have, there. there's such a, there's a different version of these books where Harry is, like, the, the demigod hero type. That's just, like, he can do anything and he's gonna figure this out and he marches down there with the sword and just slays the basilisk. And that's not what happens? That's not what happens. No. So. It's a lot. I think everything I have for today. We'll actually get, like, big stuff with the bat- with this fight tomorrow. How do you feel? Good. Yeah? Well, like you said, we're gonna get into the... It's getting progressively darker as the... The next couple of minutes <laughs> are just more and more intense. Yeah. And then we'll be done. It's just smooth sailing till the end, right? Right? Everything's gonna be okay, right? Everything's gonna be okay. We'll get there. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for another minute of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Uh, I, again, apologize about all the helicopters at the beginning of this minute. It seems like they might be gone, so hopefully we don't have to deal with them tomorrow unless they come back. 
Watch mm, out for the helicopters. They're looking at me. They're looking for me. They're looking for you. They're hunting her down. Why did I say anything? I can hear one in the distance, like a like, <laughs> like it knows. Don't know. The helicopters know. They travel in packs. <laughs> they always ride single number to hide the, single file to hide their numbers. I don't know if that works for helicopters. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, thank you everyone for listening to another episode. Come back tomorrow from in 148. Mischief, Mischief managed. managed.